you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to Sacred Symbols, the Internet's most beloved PlayStation podcast. If you want to get our show three days earlier than free feeds and completely without ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. Your support on Patreon also allows you to submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas to our show, gives you the ability to vote on the Let's Plays we do, allows you access to exclusive podcasts, and more. You can also buy Sacred Symbols merch by going to tinyurl.com slash sacredshirts. I suspect you'd look damn sexy with our logo emblazoned across your chest, but that's just one man's opinion. Of course, we love our free feed listening audience, too. If you don't have the means or desire to show us support on Patreon or with merch, please consider leaving us a nice review on the podcast service of your choice and let friends and family know about Sacred Symbols. We, on the other hand, will keep making Tuesdays great again. But enough chatter. Have at you. On to the show. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 54. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined, as always, by the hot, but now, I guess, cooling Chris Raygun, because your AC is getting fixed, I, I saw. On yeah, Twitter. on Wednesday, the, the the first day of VidCon, after a, after a month, basically, of asking them to fix it. So That's it's unbelievable. Really awesome timing. That Pretty, sucks. Yeah, it's great. You're going to VidCon. That's in Anaheim, right? Yeah. And uh, our friends actually at Studio 71 that sell our ads here on Sacred Symbols are having a party. They, it's funny because they reached out to me and they were like, well, we know you don't want to go. 
but do you think Chris <laughs> would want to go? And I was like, yeah. I like how they knew immediately. Oh, yeah. No, they know me well enough to know that I don't want to do anything <laughs> except for this podcast. So, uh, yeah, I didn't realize VidCon started during the middle of the week. I've only been once, so I don't recall. It's a weird time to start for yeah. sure. But I don't know. I guess that's what it is again. It's it, it also doesn't normally happen in July. So, yeah, it, it happens later, right? August? It usually happens in June. June? But, oh, I don't I don't even remember being there in June. Yeah, it's like oh, shortly after E3 usually. Oh. Well, that would be convenient, actually, for a lot of people coming here if they could oh, yeah. segue from 100%. one to the other. Yeah. But I guess they don't care. Why would they care about other people, other, yeah. other conferences? Chris, we actually have a question here from the audience. James E. Nunez wrote us into us on Patreon. He says, hey, Chris, how you doing? That's all he asked. I oh. don't know. So I figured we'd inquire about, yeah, about I mean, your I'm, wellness. I'm doing okay. Things are pretty good. Yeah. I had to get a new phone, though, while I was in Vegas because my phone melted. Did you leave it in the sun? I guess so. No, what happened What happened was the waterproofing seal, like I, it's like a black kind of foam that's inside the phone. It got so hot that the waterproofing seal melted into the phone oh. and uh, destroyed it. That sucks. Yeah, so I had to get a new one while I was in Vegas. I Were you insured? Was your phone insured? Yeah, Apple? yeah. It wasn't too big of a hassle, but it was still just like, of course, this would happen on a, on a trip. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I saw you in Vegas. I wrote on one of your Instagram pictures. Um, someone's got to stop you at some point. <laughs> now, I don't know who who it will be. Maybe it'll be me. Uh, we'll, we'll end up finding out. But you need to be stopped. You were like basking in the sun. Now, Vegas is a great place. It's funny you say that because the only place I've ever seen a phone because Aaron likes to go to the, we like go to some of these resorts and just lay out by the in the sun by the pool and her phone. I've never seen it except for her phone in Vegas. It literally shuts off and says it's too hot to turn on, which, yeah. I, which is so fun. I'm like, wow, that's if you leave it in the sun for like two seconds, it's over. Yeah, it's hot over there, man. Yeah, It's really it's ridiculous. Hot. It was like 110 degrees. It's very hot. like on a low end. Insane. Did you go into any casinos? Yeah. Eh, the casino thing isn't really my my thing. I do like that things are open way late. Oh yeah, you walk day. around at like I'd, four a.m. and yeah. people like there's a bunch of people walking around. It's exactly my style. But I don't know the whole casino thing. It's it's not my vibe. It feels a bit too. Uh, it feels like a, like an airport that's trying to be cool. There's something about it. I don't know the vibe. The Vegas airport is also interesting. But did you do you fly? Did you fly? No, we drove. Oh, okay, the Vegas airport is funny to me because you can also just gamble there. <laughs> really? Yeah. There's the just slot machines and everything all over the place in the Vegas airport. It's funny as hell to me. Well, I'm glad that you're back and that you're alive, James. Yeah. Thank you for your inquiry on Chris's health. We appreciate that very much. Nate McKinney wrote into us on Patreon. Remember, supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand nets you early ad-free access to our show, the ability to submit your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas, just like Nate did. He said, gentlemen, it's time to get serious. Is bologna just a hot a hot dog pancake? I don't like this one. See, now you guys are getting a little too flippant. This is getting abstract. Is bologna a hot dog pancake? Nate, do you think that that's really true? Because wouldn't that be any cold cut? If you sliced a, ha a piece of ham... Is that not the same as a slice of bologna and therefore is a slice of ham also a hot a dog pancake? pancake needs to be a cake, right? That's what um, a pancake is. It's yeah. better. It, I would. My thing is a cake needs grain in it, right? Yeah. Like pancakes have some sort of wheat in them or. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is. I think you're being a little flippant. It's getting man. a bit ridiculous. It's like it's a Frisbee, a, a plastic sandwich. Yeah. Or uh, like a plastic pancake. Who cares? If you watch Parks and Rec, you'll know that. A frisbee could be a plate or a bowl, but yeah, not anything edible, unfortunately. <laughs> God, God help us all. So, Nate, you know, I appreciate your guys' inquiries in, in this regard, but I, I ask you to really let's let's really narrow narrow it down to the to the brass tacks and ask the questions that only matter. I really <laughs> the think important ones. I really think the question about a taco being a sandwich or whatever, I think that's a little more inquisitive. 
than asking if bologna is a hot dog pancake. Because there's no such thing as a hot dog pancake. What's a hot? What is a hot dog bologna? Yeah, why wouldn't you be able to inverse that? Is a pancake just a, a bologna, pork bologna? You know, <laughs> is a pancake just a cake bologna? Yeah, <laughs> that's disgusting. You guys are out of your fucking minds. Weston Canamore <laughs> wrote in and said, hey, CNC, quick correction from last week's Sacred Symbols. You both talked about Disney divesting from Hulu in order to focus on their Disney Plus offering. What is happening is, in fact, the opposite. Disney recently made a deal with Comcast, the second largest shareholder of Hulu next to Disney, in which Comcast will sell its remaining stake in Hulu over the next five years to Disney for a total of $5.8 billion. If Disney's plan all along was to gain ownership of Hulu, I don't understand why they didn't just add Disney Plus as a premium add-on, much like what Hulu and even Amazon have been doing for years with their offers. I guess this is just one step closer to Disney's full world domination. Much love. I looked into this a little bit, Weston. I think you're right, actually. There is a weird divestment scheme going on to remove, I guess, NBC through because Comcast owns NBC Universal now, I guess getting rid of them. But the point I was making still stands that I think that the smaller and I think all the non first party publishers should make a Hulu type game streaming or game pass like service. Yeah, and I'm not subscribing to Square Enix's game pass. I'm sorry. I just can't. No. Why? You can get final. You can get all the episodes of the Final Fantasy seven remake. That's not that are not coming. Out. I was looking forward to playing Final Fantasy 13 three lightning returns. Remastered. Some people really played all three of those. Final. There really were three Final Fantasy 13 games. It's almost impossible to believe that that actually is happened. Is that the first time that that's happened? Like, it's the first as, time there were three. It, no, no. But I mean, like, is that the first time we've had a numbered sequel to a numbered sequel in, a video, in video games? Because I can't think of any. I struggle. I grapple. There's With the thought of like an, any other franchise that has had like a like a Call of Juarez 2-6. Yeah. You Final know? Fantasy 10-2 is the first one I can think of. Yeah. Before that, I don't think so. There are like... I don't even think since, really. I feel like the only franchise that does that. Yeah. Maybe Kingdom Hearts does that, too, because they have like Kingdom Hearts. Remember when we played Kingdom Hearts 3, our Let's Play? We actually played Kingdom Hearts 2.9, apparently. <laughs> yeah, So I don't right. know that we technically fulfilled our Let's Play. By the way... My writer, Sophia, who writes SideQuest, has been ill, has taken ill, as they might say in Victorian England. She has taken ill. And so our SideQuest episode this week is going to be delayed. And so our Let's Play that you and I did last week, Chris, is actually going up this week. Okay. And that's our Titanfall 2 chase for the Platinum Trophy. It is a really <laughs> weird video. I, I'll just put it that way. It's a very <laughs> weird video. And we'll definitely go back. You'll have to find out if we were successful or not. Oh, I, I guess for- just I look. forgot to go home and like actually try it. I'm not surprised that you forgot. <sighs> John Carey wrote in us and said, hey, CNC machine patron since the founding day of CLS, but my first time writing. Am I the only one that is concerned with the Wall Street Journal article you talked about last week, specifically the part where Sony talked about targeting big name games and the hardcore audience? My thought is, why put all your eggs in one basket? Most PS exclusives that have been announced feel very similar. Third person action games. Now they're admittedly killing it with titles like Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man, Uncharted, etc. But it still feels dangerous to build your entire ecosystem around big budget games. Why not build your ecosystem around everything? And I don't just mean indies, but better UI, better storefront, controller customization, etc. Games matter most, but there is a lot of niche markets they seem to be ignoring. It's the one thing I really pr- want to praise Microsoft for. They really take, have taken the selling Xbox as a service that has something to offer for everyone. I, I like this, Chris, before we get into the games we're playing, because this was a major part of our episode last week, episode yeah. 53 of the Wall Street Journal article, which was excellent. And uh, I agree with him. I, I, I've had time to stew on this, and I don't know if you ha- have had too. but I guess I keep returning to the question that he's asking, which is, why can't Sony do it all? Why not? 
I, I don't understand why why because I agree with them. The Wall Street Journal art focused on AAA big games and stuff like that, and smaller devs and smaller publishers feeling kind of you know shit on, and Sony basically saying like they'll just come anyway because they, they what what else are they going to do? Yeah, I, I, I find a problem with some of this to be I, honest. I, yeah, but I, I don't necessarily think that their focus on big budget or or, or bigger titles necessarily uh, excludes them from you know focusing on a better UI or a better storefront or any of that. Like I don't see how those are. You know, the, the, I don't see how either of those get in the way of each other. But yeah, it's it's not particularly all that wise, in my opinion, to limit yourself to a specific kind of niche like that, especially when you're 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 you are building the successor to one of the most popular platforms on planet Earth, probably. Yes. So, I, uh, yeah, I, it's it's weird. It's a weird business model, but may, I don't know. Maybe 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 it'll uh, help them out. Maybe the fact that maybe they're focused on hardcore. And their, their use of that kind of like terminology indicates that maybe we will be getting like some kind of controller customization and stuff like that. Maybe they will make an elite controller because they're investing in this audience. So I don't know. There's, I think there's reason to be excited about it. But it's also like, yeah, maybe maybe you're cutting yourself a bit a bit low there. Yeah, I, I just don't understand because I agree. I mean, I, I don't know that there necessarily is an opportunity cost, but Sony's making it seem like there's an opportunity cost. But I, it is important to note that. That Wall Street Journal article doesn't talk to anyone on the record. It's all sources. So it's not as if Sony is like only talking about certain things. They might not even have certain things figured out, assuming the console is still some yeah. you know, 16 or 17 months out. Like so. we're still going to get indies on PlayStation 5. Like I, I, there's no I would be shocked if we didn't. That'd be insane. Actually, I can't, I can't imagine it. No indie games at all. Yeah, it's I no, no. I, I don't think that. But to be fair, I don't think that that's what they're saying or the, he's saying. Because Sony does say that they expect that they'll just come anyway. But the point is, is like, why not just invest in making sure you're tr- treating these people right as well? Because yeah. I, I think independent games and smaller games are actually quite essential to the success of a, of a console. Nintendo Switch is largely selling on smaller games. I mean, they have these big tentpole games, but people buy shit tons of small games. They like to play their Stardew Valley and and all of that on their Switch. So. Sony had this really great relationship for a long time with indies and actually, like I said, used to wear it on their shirts. Sony loves indies was a thing that was like a banner in their building and all sorts of stuff. And it's so it's a little weird when you think about the early PS4 era when some of the best games on the console were actually small games like Housemarque's Resogun is the best launch game on PS4. Yeah, or like uh, Journey and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These first because these are some first, you know, Housemark obviously being second party, but even games like Mercenary Kings and there was a lot of early stuff that actually was much better than a lot of the shit we were getting from AAA developers. So I don't know. I, I just fear that if you aim too much, it, it sounds a lot like an Xbox strategy from back in the day, and it didn't actually work out that well for them in the long run because they were focusing on Summer of Arcade for a little while, then they stopped, then they were focusing on their big AAA games, then the Xbox One came out, and no one really cares. It, mm-hmm. You've got to have that long-tail commitment, I think. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm I'm sympathetic to this fear, Chris. I'm yeah. sympathetic to this fear. I think it's fair. Now, before we move on, I mentioned on Twitter right before we started the show, or actually before we started recording it, we are going to do the Sacred Symbols episodes, the second episodes beginning in August. And I want people to know, so I, I think Sacred Symbols Plus is what it's going to be called. I think that's a perfect name. And it'll basically be just ancillary. I want it to be more than a half an hour, less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Spin-off conversations about important topics. And so I want people to start wrapping their minds around what that might mean. I think it's going to be really exciting. So sometimes it'll be spoiler cast. Sometimes it'll be me just reading a mailbag or Chris just reading a mailbag about a game he recently played. But a lot of times I think it'll be fun to expand on something we 
talked about, but we weren't able to really delve into because I don't want to weigh the story. You know, I don't want to weigh the show down with 45 minute conversations about one topic. And then let's move on to number three. Like, uh, yeah, no, exactly. I just don't think that's the way and the then show speed flows. by the rest of the numbers. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to happen. I think what we'll do, Chris, is we'll probably record them back to back if we can. But sometimes, you know, and we have to figure out uh, the way I look at it is it'll often usually be me and you. Sometimes it'll be me. Sometimes it'll be you. And then I occasionally assume maybe we'll get some other people involved as well. Yeah. But I think that just expanding the ecosystem a little bit, having more conversation, more more humor. The thing about our audience is that our audience likes two things. They like to laugh and they like hard information. Our podcast is incredibly informative, but it's also incredibly zany. And so I want to also carry that over to our our sacred symbols plus as well so i just wanted to bring that up so people can give them us their feedback yeah the general idea here's the structure of it for people that don't that that are curious it'll probably go live i assume on fridays for five dollar and up patreon subscribers and then on monday the following monday it'll go live for anyone on patreon so anyone with a dollar supporting at a dollar or above and so you the, basically the way i look at it is if that's all you want if you just want the dollar sub and there's four to five episodes per month you're paying 20 to 25 cents an episode. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. And they won't all be for you. Like some, some you won't want. If I have a deep dive on a Tales game or something, you might not want to listen to that. But then it's just 25 cents in, in, in the drain. So it's not like it's a huge investment. So, yeah, I love everyone's feedback about what they think we should do. And, and I think we'll begin rolling that out in August. Yeah, it'll be fun. I like, uh, I like that you use the word zany there. Yeah. It's a fun word. It is. It's funny. Irreverent. Is another good word. Does is zany like what? What does that really mean? Zany? Like of zane? No, I don't. Like think... having much zane? Yeah, having yeah. I guess the root word <laughs> like, of zane. Yeah, no zane. Yeah, I don't know where the word comes from. Zany. We can look it up. Would you like me to look it up? No. Okay. Well, we don't have to look it up. Then. <laughs> I was just I was just genuinely curious. No. Well, if you're genuine genuinely curious, and then I just asked you if you wanted me to look it up, and you just said no. No. So you're not genuinely curious. Well, I guess I guess I'm partially curious. Yeah. Uh, not enough know. to really care that much. Too zane. <laughs> Too zane. Uh, it's not a verb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, that's kind of the plan with that. The other thing is, is that we're going to record episode 55 right after this, as I think we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going away for a little while to see family and record simply, knockback. Simply pathetic. I'm so stressed out when I have to leave. It re- basically, leaving my domain ruins about a week of my life before I leave. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just, I just, I kind of dread it. It's not, dread, I don't dread being with my family. It's I the dread, travel. Yeah, I dread the travel. They're like the going to the airport and like standing in line next to a bunch of fat people who are just like screaming. Fucking fat. And people. sweating. Yeah, it's just. I just can't do it. Didn't we talk about last week too? Why? I just don't understand how you can have BO on an airplane in the morning. What happened? <laughs> I understand if you're on like the fucking nine o'clock at night flight in a warm place. You've been wa- maybe you're a little stinky, but that I can't fucking it's abide a, it's by. It's a epidemic. It, it's really just fucking bathe yourself, wash your balls, and all these other things. By the way, I I don't know if you saw my tweet about this. A gutter kid in Santa Monica threatened to uh, to slit Lola's throat. Why? Uh, I guess there is no why to these kinds no. of things. And then <laughs> uh, and and I, I I was like I couldn't even believe it. I was like, what the fuck did you just say? And then he told me I should slit Lola's throat. Because she's dangerous. And uh, so I'm adding all of this craziness. By the way, I tweeted about this. Gutter kid or gutter punk is a specific term, by the way. So then yeah. a lot of a lot. Of, and that's a self-described. Did term. people think that you were just talking about like ge- homeless general people. homeless people? Yeah, which yeah. I'm not. And then so some people were like, and then some people with a lot of, one guy came in and is like, you hate immigrants. I'm like, what? And then another and then another guy. A few other guys were like, yeah, you're homeless. I'm like, you're the one talking about homeless people. I'm not talking about homeless people. Some of them are homeless. 
often they're homeless by choice. I fell into an interesting rabbit hole on the internet after this when I was reading about the whole culture of, of the gutter kid or the gutter punk. Yeah. And there's a thing called uh, voluntary unemployment that oh, I was yeah, reading yeah. about. And uh, that's apparently their whole their whole credo. So anyway, anyway, one of these dudes at a bus stop threatened my fit me threat. He didn't like come at us or anything like that. Actually, I got in his face a little bit. And uh, because I, I'm like, yo, uh, <laughs> and you can always tell, by the way, when you're in Santa Monica, these guys are so used to just shit talking tourists and people that aren't from here and stuff like yeah. that. I think he was a little taken aback that I like actually engaged with him. Yeah, engaged him. He had probably three or four inches on me and 100 pounds on me. So I think he would like he could have squashed me like a bug, uh, but I'm pa- typically a pacifist. But if you're going to talk shit about my dog that's and tell me that my dog's throat should be slit. It's a we- that's a weird thing to say to someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think weird is a bit of an understatement. That's a weird one. That one. That's a weird one on me. And uh, yeah, so some of the reaction online, I actually lost a patron because uh, because of it. I'm oh, like, oh, my, I'm like, all right, see you later. I guess I don't know what to tell you about that. So combining the dog drama with all of the preparation for leaving has indeed frazzled me quite a bit over the Frazzle. last few days. And because uh, I'm preparing for knockback and watching some films in preparation for that and taking notes. I don't know. I'm almost ready for this vacation to just be over, if that makes any sense to you. But yeah. I know that once I'm there, I'm going to be quite pleased. No, exactly. That's like the story of anybody who works from home who's going on vacation, basically. So hopefully there are no gutter punks in Philadelphia that want to threaten. The Lola won't be there. To, can you imagine threatening violence to Lola? Can no. you imagine that? I can't imagine threatening an animal that isn't currently attacking me. It wasn't like an active threat where he came at her with a knife, but that's no, that's he's... like a, a specific thing where like you can't say that to someone, you know, like no. you can't say that. Oh, my God, dude. Santa Monica is great. I don't know why we pay so much money to live here. It's like Aaron can't even we can't even go outside safely. I don't even walk around with my wallet uh, at night oh, in really? case I get jumped. Yeah. Yeah, it's not some place that I would want to live. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just very it's just a very strange place. I like Santa Monica. I think it's got a lot of a lot of style. I think it's got a lot of uh, spirit, you know, but yeah, there's something about, I just can't stand like this. There are parts here that are like dirtier than New York. Yeah. And it blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Insane to me. Yeah. And there's this great. There was I was with Bunty like last time I was here and they have those trash cans with like the uh, the split uh, grid on top of mm-hmm. it that says like uh, trash and recycling. So you put in. But like they both lead to the same exact that, bid. That's so funny. You said that, dude, because Aaron and I were just talking about those a few weeks ago about how I never even because I used to carry Lola's poop around because it'd be like recycle. First of all, I hate these things. Cans, paper. Whenever there's too many options, I'm like, it's all going in one bin. Sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't know. At San Francisco Airport was the funniest where there was like eight trash cans. And I'm like, it's all going in one trash can. I just can't. I'm not sitting here <laughs> doing this. So, yeah, we were talking about that. And I told her that it was just a few weeks ago that I realized that that, that there was it was just all leading it because I'd carry Lola's poop bag around forever and not assuming that that was a garbage. Those were garbage cans. Yeah, but they're garbage cans. Yeah, they're tr- it's trash. It's all trash. It's the recycling. There is the, the recycling is on the bin as like a placebo effect to make people feel a little bit less shitty about throwing throwing recyclables into the into the trash. I brought Loli out to walk her at like four in the morning last night before I went to bed. And there was a dude in front of my building who was clearly waiting for me to come back. And so I would let him in and then he could steal a bunch of packages in our lobby, which is what always happens in our lobby. So it forced me to walk into the back of my apartment and come through the back door. This is the kind of shit we deal with here. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying it's exclusive to Santa Monica. I lived in San Francisco for 10 years and it's it's pretty zany up there, too. But the homelessness and the and the gutter punk problem here exponentially worse i have to tell you yeah uh, exponentially worse. Uh, yeah and I've, unsafe I've one of them cornered uh aaron in, in our lobby another one hid in our lobby trying to get into the elevator i mean it's like it's crazy it's a little mad max out here in santa monica you guys should come and visit ah uh, you know uh burbank's fine 
Burbank's nice. You know, I'm thinking about maybe buying a house in the next year or so, and I'm wondering where I should do it because Santa Monica is pretty expensive. I think I could probably afford something here, but I also feel like it's going to be engulfed by the ocean at some point. I think I want to go a little bit inland, but then I won't have that ocean breeze. You know, Ah. it's pretty cool here. Cool. Yeah. Weather wise here. So a lot to think about. Burbank's really nice, though. It's not bad. I like it. Also, Burbank will always remind me of Jay Leno because that's how I was introduced to Burbank because he filmed in Burbank and they always said that at the end of the show. I'm like, what's Burbank? Yeah, they used to have like Nickelodeon bumpers with like Burbank on it. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Well, not really. Chris, (laughs) let's get into what we're playing. You actually left your field blank. Have you not played anything? Well, I've been been gone. Well, yeah, I've been I've been working on some videos and I've also just been in Vegas and I wasn't going to pack my PS4 and (laughs) bring it to Vegas. Uh, But I did bring my switch. I've been playing my friend Pedro on switch which is good i assume that's probably coming to ps4 because it's on pc and switch and that's a weird combo yeah i I anticipate it's probably going to come to xbox one and ps4 at some point that is solid when that comes out when and it will check it out because it's actually great but nothing on playstation right now unfortunately i played pretty much the same games we talked about last week bloodstained persona 4 and resident evil i'm still kind of chipping through each of them last week i had a lot to say about persona 4 i think or two weeks ago the game's picking up again a little bit for me. Mm. It really is an uneven game. I, again, I just want to say I'm a little surprised by the nature of this game's substantial popularity with Japanese role-playing game fans. I want to reiterate that. It's not like this. It's not amazing, guys. It, it re- I don't I don't see it. You know, like I just <laughs> I'm now 25 hours into the game. I mean, that's enough time to really have a grasp on something no Colin it gets great uh, 76 hours in speaking it's like Final Fantasy 13 remember that people say got really good 40 hours in it actually did get good 40 hours in but you shouldn't have to spend 40 hours to if get it doesn't to get point. good 10 to 20 minutes in I'm not I'm, I'm, <laughs> 10, I'm sorry like I, I got I got things to do I'm, I'm totally with you there so I'm, I'm continuing on with that slowly bloodstained uh, I beat uh, I got some multiple endings through the platinum trophy is surprising to me I wanted to talk about this if I might okay the platinum trophy in the game has a really high engagement it has like a seven or eight percent acquisition rate but it is a really it's not hard it's just a really time-consuming platinum where it, I mean I'm 30 something hours into the game and I still have I'm still missing a few trophies because you have to grind all these weapons and manufacture all this shit so i was surprised by that i think it suggested to me that this game has a really hardcore audience i'm gonna really carefully watch that number as it moves because it suggests to me that it it might not have actually sold as well as we think but maybe it did and finally resident evil 2 still playing through jill's campaign is claire no it's no it's it's claire Claire, yeah it's claire jill's in the first one so I'm working through that as well. Tony Bertucci wrote into us on Patreon. Chris, he said, hey, guys, Colin, I just watched your Bloodstained gameplay video and it was very intrigued, but I've never played Castlevania Symphony of the Night. My question is this. Should I play Bloodstained or should I play Castlevania first to fully appreciate it? Thanks for all the work you guys do. And thank you for making my workday a little easier. Good question. Bloodstained is so on the nose with Symphony of the Night that I think you can only appreciate it to its fullest extent by having played Symphony of the Night first. And there's a wonderful PS4 port of Symphony of the Night. So I would suggest starting there and then playing Bloodstained. I think they're both excellent. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Chris, let's get into the news. All righty. There's a few things to talk about here. Number one, 
It looks like a Batman Arkham collection is inbound for PlayStation 4 if a leak from the always leaky Amazon UK branch is to be believed. By the way, this has since been confirmed, just so you guys know, just very recently as, as the time we're recording this. Website Komatsu relays not only the leaked listing, but also box art for the collection on both PS4 and Xbox One. The collection's leaked description seems to indicate that the Rocksteady trilogy will be included here, thus keeping Batman Arkham Origins out of the mix. Quote, Batman Arkham Collection brings you the definitive versions of Rocksteady's Arkham Trilogy games, including all post-launch content in one complete collection, end quote. The PS4 version will apparently get an exclusive skin, but that's all we know, other than a release date, which was also leaked September 6th. Batman Arkham Asylum's Rocksteady's first Batman game came to PS3 and elsewhere in 2009 and was followed by Arkham City on the same platforms in 2011. 2013's Arkham Origins, created by WB Montreal, isn't considered part of the series and won't be re-released. However, 2015's Arkham Knight will also be in this collection, rounding out the trilogy. Rocksteady was founded early in, 21st, in the 21st century and has pretty much only made Batman games since, with the exception of 2006's Urban Chaos Riot Response, their very first game on PS2 and Xbox. So this is... Uh, not surprising, I guess. All of these games are already on PlayStation 4. You just have yeah. to buy them, I think, individually. So now it's a collection. Yeah, I I, 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 I was confused by this news because I could have sworn that this collection existed already. But I guess I guess, I guess they're just on on the storefronts. Yeah. You know, I think they released last year or so, Chris, like the Arkham Asylum and City combo. Yeah. And then you have Night. They're and, also and I guess they're all putting them together. I also know that like they're all currently on Game Pass right now. So like I just kind of like uh, all right I guess I guess all right the collection works. It's a slow week, so that is truly the biggest news. I have to be <laughs> honest with you. I think of this week. Hey man, it's July. It is. What's gonna happen in July? Nothing. Hopefully a meteor hits the earth. Yeah, if we're lucky. Number two, at the very last second, PlayStation Plus games were swapped for the month of July—an exceptionally rare act that requires some sort of explanation. Thankfully, website Eurogamer pursued such an explanation, though it wasn't exactly satisfying. For those unaware, July's free PlayStation Plus games, as we talked about on the show last week, were supposed to be PES or PES 2019, Konami's annualized soccer game, alongside an indie racing game. But suddenly, PES 2019 was replaced by a Sony-owned second-party game in the form of Detroit Become Human. In a brief statement provided to Eurogamer, Konami PR said, quote, This decision was made by SIE, and so please make an inquiry to SIE. End quote. SIE, of course, is Sony's new acronym. Sony, on the other hand, said something even more cryptic. Quote, We have decided to make a change to the PS Plus games lineup this month and we'll be offering Detroit Become Human instead of Pro Evolution Soccer 2019. This was, a, this was a decision we decided to make as a company and we apologize for any inconvenience, end quote. Eurogamer speculates that with Sony so deeply in bed with EA's FIFA franchise, this might have been done to avoid trouble there. However, we'll never know for sure. I think, Chris, a lot of people assume that this was actually done based on quality and complaints, but I don't think that's the case. I actually do no. think the FIFA inquiry is probably true. I think that EA was probably like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> there are literally PlayStation FIFA ads everywhere. Yeah. And Sony was like, you're probably right. And uh, or or Sony might have been in breach of some sort of contract. But I have a I have a hard time believing they, they were like, oh, everyone's mad. No, you know what? Ha you know what I like to think happened is that we talked about it on the show and we complained about it. And thus, as we typically do, willed yet another thing into existence. It's unbelievable. That's especially unbelievable because it actually happened before we posted so nah, there's some sort okay, of telekinetic, <laughs> we have some sort of telekinetic uh, connection with we, these particular people. We do. But that's good news. I, I think that that's that makes a little bit more sense. I know that that's probably disappointing to some people, I would imagine, because they probably are looking forward to playing it. Probably FIFA fans are probably looking forward to playing the competition. But Detroit Become Human is a great game. Yeah. So go enjoy. And the fact that they had to put in a second or Sony a second party Sony owned property means that this was done at the last second. But I like Eurogamer's uh, 
Eurogamer's theory, I think, makes a lot of sense. Brent Lindquist wrote in and said, hey, fellas, I'm writing in about the recent switcheroo that occurred with the free PlayStation Plus titles for July. I was pretty excited about it as I haven't played Detroit yet and I don't have much interest in soccer games. It sounds like it was a Sony decision rather than a Konami one. And I'm just wondering, is there any precedent for a game being pulled and replaced at the last second like this? Was this an example of Sony giving in the fan backlash? So we talked about that already. I can't think of an example of this happening at the very last second. I, I remember this happening a few times when the games were announced and then they would be taken out. That happens actually all the time in the drop, too. If you go back to old drops, there's a bunch of oh, games yeah. crossed out because they ended up not coming out. So I can't think offhand of when they literally switch something seemingly at midnight hour because of something <laughs> troubling on their end. Yeah, I can't think of anything either. It seems like a pretty rare rare uh, happenstance what i'm curious about is because obviously we've talked about sony pays lump sum dollars they probably paid a seven figure sum to konami for the game i wonder if they just had to pay that and not have it there and obviously they're not going to pay themselves for detroit so there's really no loss but they paid for that game so i wonder how that all worked out too and that's definitely a seven figure deal for a game of that caliber so as opposed to what probably a six figure deal for the other game yeah. so We'll see how it all shakes out in the future, but we need more from PlayStation Plus. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Number three, Chris, there is a substan there is substantial excitement. I'm sorry, building for Monster Hunter World's upcoming DLC pack, Iceborne. According to an interview on Game Informer, as relayed by website Push Square, the game's producer, Ryozo Sujimoto, uh, I'm sorry, noted that Iceborne will be, quote, the last expansion, end quote. This is a sad fact for those who are hoping for more, but it's not a gigantic surprise, as Capcom is probably keen to begin working on the next Monster Hunter game. After all, Monster Hunter World is somehow Capcom's best-selling game in its entire history. The Iceborne's expansion itself will launch in early September. We now know it'll be the game's one and only major expansion. Is this surprising to you? Would you rather Capcom continue to, to build off of Monster Hunter World or make a new game? Because I think that the impetus is on them right now to make a new one. This is the same problem I think that Battle Royale makers are going to experience, but in longer tales. This Monster Hunter World is the most successful Capcom game of all time, which is incredible. I mean, I, that, yeah, yeah, think, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Think about that, given guys. their history. Street Fighter 2, bigger than Street Fighter 2, right? I mean, that alone yeah. is crazy. Bigger than any Resident Evil game. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty wild that's, thing. That's no small feat, I don't think. But With that in mind, Chris, what would you prefer that they do? I know you're not a player of the game, but if you were, you're you're a player of immersive, persistent games like this. So yeah, I. I, I it's it's tricky because like this is a game that like if if it's really their best selling game of their entire history, I would have anticipated them to take a Rockstar approach, like the way they did with Grand Theft Auto Five, or uh, it was wait is it six? No, Grand Theft Auto Five is the one with I'm GTA so Online. Things, GTA Six has started to be rumored, but I think we're a ways. Yeah, off on but that. like you know they kept that thing alive for a long time, and I assume that that would be the smart thing because that's the thing that's selling a lot and the thing it's got the biggest player base. So I I anticipated that. I guess a new game's fine as long as they keep going with the formula they got but uh, i don't know I, I think i would have tried to milk this one a little bit for for a little bit longer yeah i think so I think. too i'm a little confused by that i was reading about it because i was like wasn't iceborne the only expansion yeah and also like it's and kind it of a recent game it's not like super old at all yeah it's, it came right? out january or february last year right something yeah like, that. like something like that like or like within two years which is not long it's so funny man that they actually found just massive success with this this plotting series first of all i don't like monster hunter i think it's boring but th <laughs> that the this thing was attached to handhelds and attached to a very specific audience. And I remember when Vita was struggling that the big claim was that they needed a Monster Hunter game because Monster Hunter was so big on PSP and they segued 
to 3DS and, and that really fucked Sony a lot. So it was a really important game for handhelds, but it seems like ironically it's selling even better on console. I can't keep up with how this is all working. It's the same thing with Kingdom Hearts, actually, where some of these games are on PSP and on 3DS and stuff. And I'm like, are those selling better than the console ones? And who's playing all of them? You got to buy all this hardware. Very complicated issue. It's, it's a bit much. A bit much for me. It's a lot much for me, Chris. Number four, dubious rumors have been circulating for a week or so about Polish developer CD Projekt working on three cyberpunk games concurrently. Word originally came from apparently botched translations from Polish website Bankier, which talked to the team's president, Adam Kaczynski, and the team's CEO, Peter Nubliowicz. Nubliowicz. Yeah. Nubliowicz. Probably. The botched translation as regurgitated by IGN apparently noted that three projects were in development from the franchise, but a comment from CD Projekt puts the persistent rumor to rest. Quote, we currently have a total of five teams working on a number of projects with three focusing on the development of Cyberpunk 2077, end quote. Their statement read in part, a fourth team is working on Gwent, the card game based on The Witcher, and a fifth team is working on an unannounced mobile project. The funny thing about this to me, Chris, was how many people were circulating this and then updated their stories with the proper translation. And it's like, you probably, this is what, did we talk about this a couple weeks ago with Japanese? We did. Find someone who speaks Polish and see (laughs) what it says. Stop running your shit through fucking Google Translate. Is that what they do? I would assume so. Pretty big difference between three cyberpunk games in development and three teams working on cyberpunk. And you can see how an yeah. auto translation would fuck that up when you're talking about English to Polish or Polish to English. Go- Google Translate, by the way, anybody who uses it's not real. It's It doesn't work really. No, like, it's better than it used to be, but it's, yeah. yeah. You can't put like a, 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 even with Spanish, which is like probably like the most developed one probably on Google Translate. It, it botches it completely. It's horrible. So it's going to mess up Polish for sure. It's horrible. You know, it's funny though because the Google Translate and back in the day, remember Babelfish back in the day? That was an Alta Vista product. Alta Vista used to be this old search engine and they were popular in the 90s and early 2000s because they had this thing called Babelfish, which is this great, actually pretty advanced translator. And it's cool because you can take shit and put it in and get a general idea of what something says. But it, yeah, don't Auto, you know, don't use these translations literally if you guys work out, any of you are working out there at a website. Although I will say that when I was in French in both high school and college, I would use Babelfish and translate all sorts of shit and then submit it as my own work. Okay. I would write it in English, hit translate, and then submit it and get like a C and that was good enough. Yeah. So you can do that, I guess. But, 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 uh, but let's then be your careful. Article, then your article will get a C. Exactly. Then your article gets a C for fucking ineptitude. Number five. An obscure From Software developed third-person shooter from 2004 is coming westward for the very first time, and it's happening sooner than you might think. Quirky publisher Devolver Digital is bringing Metal Wolf Chaos XD to PS4 and elsewhere on August 6th later this summer, and it'll be the very first release outside of Japan. From Software developed the game exclusively for the original Xbox, and it only came out in Japan towards the end of 2004. This wasn't the only Xbox game From worked on during this era, however. The team also worked on its Atogi, uh, Atogi series for the console, as well as games like Murakumo. Metal Wolf Chaos was its, was its final original Xbox exclusive before moving on to next-gen. From Software was founded in the mid-80s and is best known for its Demon Souls slash Dark Souls slash Bloodborne franchises. Its most recent release was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, launched earlier this year, and its newest announcement is Elden Ring, a game that the studio is creating alongside Game of Thrones creator George R.R. Martin on behalf of publisher Bandai Namco. So that's pretty cool. I, I was actually looking at some videos of this game. It's like a third-person shooter. I don't really 
know if they've upscaled it. It doesn't look very good. But I love these Xbox and Xbox 360 Japanese exclusives because there are a lot of them. Because yeah. Microsoft was spending a ton of money trying to get people to play. Didn't work out very well. People might remember that Tales of Vesperia, which was a Tales game, a mainline Tales game, was an Xbox 360 exclusive for a while. So I remember being confused by that. <laughs> I remember just logging onto the store and being like, what, the, what is this? They tried. Yeah. I'll give it to Microsoft. They tried. There's a ton of games like that. So this is one of the more obscure ones from From's, uh, not Mech Warrior. What's the uh, Armored Core days? Yeah. So we'll see how it all works out with that. But I'm excited to play that. Number six, a substantial post on the official PlayStation blog has brought to our attention three new games coming from niche Japanese publisher Spike Chunsoft. All three of these games are coming to PlayStation 4. The first game is Conception Plus Maidens of the Twelve Stars. This is an interesting release as this game was initially a PSP exclusive launched only in Japan in 2012 and has never seen the light of day elsewhere or on other platforms. Strangely, its sequel, Conception 2 Children of the Seven Stars, launched on both PS3 and Vita in the West way back in 2013. The second game is a new adventure game called Robotics Notes Elite, due out in 2020. Interestingly, Spike Chunsoft notes that its sequel, Robotics Notes Dash, may be coming westward too. And finally, rounding things out is an action RPG called Crystar. Crystar is the closest of the bunch and the only and the only one with a release date, August 27th. Chris, these are games not for you. <laughs> yep. I mean, hey, they're for someone. Yeah. Crystar actually looks pretty good. It blows my mind that like they allow these things to happen though. Like they, they'll put out a, the second version of a game in a place where the first one was just not even remotely playable. Isn't that weird? It's weird. You yeah. think you would kind of cover your bases before you launched something. It's a very old school thing to do. It's like how we got Final Fantasy one, then yeah. we got Final Fantasy four, then we got Final Fantasy six. We never got two, three, or five in the West until later, but we called them one, two, and three here. Very confusing. So it's an old, that's a very old thing. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. You would think they would have wanted to port that PSP game first, but it wasn't so. Hmm. I remember getting uh, Atlas published. It's interesting because Conception Plus, I'm sorry, Conception 2 was published by Atlas. So Spike Chunsoft is coming in and publishing the first one. This is an interesting one, Chris. I'm interested what you think of this. Number sure. seven, a new River City game is en route. It's called River City Girls. And according to website Gamatsu, it ties in intimately with the old school River City series, which is also known as Kunio Kun in Japan. Old school inspired American studio Way Forward, who I love, developed the game and it was produced by Arc System Works, the Japanese fighting dev best known for their Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue series. The game will come to PS4 and elsewhere on September 5th. River City Ransom was originally developed by Famic or for Famicom by now defunct Team Technos. It launched in Japan in 1989 and on Western NES's beginning in 1990. A port came to Game Boy Advance in 2004. The Kunio Kun franchise actually preceded Ransom in Japan, and we didn't see many of these games in the West, save stuff like Super Dodgeball and Renegade. So there's a lot of different old school games in the series. Are you a River City Ransom guy? Have you ever played that game? Not much. I did like it when I played it, though, but I, I just sort of, yeah. It's so ahead of its time. For people that have never played River City Ransom, it's an NES brawler with role-playing game mechanics, and it's really pretty advanced for yeah. the day and age it's that It's impressive it when you look at it in retrospect, for sure. So I'm excited about this. River City Girls. Really looking forward to that. Way forward, excellent developer. They're best known for the Shantae series, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. They also made DuckTales Remastered. And they worked on uh, Bloodstained a little bit as well. By the way, I didn't realize this, that the founder of the studio, Way Forward, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Way. I didn't know that. Is it really? Yeah. So it's like a double entendre. Oh, that's cool. You'll learn I like something that. new every day. Most underrated Way Forward game, by the way, is uh, what was that? Uh, what was that uh, female vampire character? Blood Rain? Blood Rain. Blood Rain, yeah. They did a 2D side scroller Blood Rain game on PS3 in like 2011 or 2012. That's pretty good. 
if you guys are going to want to go to check that out. It was clearly supposed to be a Castlevania game, and Konami said no. Blood I, Rain, I think that's obvious. Blood Rain is so weird because it's like they're like it's like the Blue Man group of video games where like everybody knows about it, but no one ever thinks about it until they they just pop up one day. It's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know. You have to assume THQ Nordic owns Blood Rain, right? I I mean, if if you don't know who owns something, it's probably THQ Nordic. Yeah, owns. Th- yeah that's a good point. Number eight. Dragon Do- uh, Dragon's Dogma Online, rather, will be closing up shop, which is especially sad since Capcom's MMORPG never even made it outside of Japan. Dragon's Dogma Online launched on both PS3 and PS4 in Japan alongside a, PS- a PC iteration in late August of 2015. Speculation about it coming west ran rampant, but for whatever reason, it never migrated over even as Capcom's original Dragon's Dogma launched in 2012 on PS3 and elsewhere found a sizable Western audience. Unfortunately, servers for the game will be shutting down in December. So not only will Dragon's Dogma Online soon be dead, but it will also have died without much of its potential audience having ever been given the opportunity to try it for themselves. That sucks. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. sad. Did you play the original Dragon's Dogma? That game was really popular with people. I didn't No, like it I never played it. Like uh, my roommate played a ton of it, but I never I don't know. It seemed fine. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely uh, from when I played it briefly when it came out, it was real. It seemed very budget and a lot of games that were coming out around that time were just more impressive. But people really did like it. There were a few people at IGN I worked with that were really, really into that game. So Dragon's Dogma Arisen was the DLC, but I don't think we've seen the last of that franchise no. either. No, I think that Capcom has something there. But I was sad to hear that because on the back of us getting Fantasy Star Online 2 in the West, finally, which is a game that came out around <laughs> actually earlier than this. We're not going to ever get Dragon's Dogma online. Chris, number nine is a wrap up. Again, I told you a slow news. Yeah, week. really light one. Silicon Arrow reports that upcoming Digimon Survive has been delayed until 2020. It was originally supposed to come out in 2019. Website Komatsu reports that Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation 2 is PS4 bound later this year in the West. That sim RPG Fuga Melodies of Steel will come to PS4 in 2020 instead of its original 2019 release aim. That adventure game Elia, which is already on rival platforms like Xbox One, will be coming to PS4 on July 25th. That 2D music game One Hand Clapping is coming to PS4 in 2021. That's the first (laughs) 2021 release we've seen in this. One Hand Clapping? What? What? That Space Shooter Subdivision Infinity DX comes to PS4 on August 8th, and that RTS title Ancestors Legacy will come to PS4 on August 13th. Website Push Square reports that One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 is coming to PS4 in 2020, and that old school SRPGs, which I'm really excited about, Langrisser 1 and 2, previously confirmed for PS4, will be launching in the West in 2020. And finally, Racing Game Grid, originally scheduled for September 10th, will now launch on October 11th. That's a Codemasters game. Grid? Is that a remake of something? I guess so. Yeah, Grid's a game that already exists. So I think it's just a remake or something. That sounds cool. So we'll see how it all turns out. Now, Chris, this is a weird week. Oh, man. Because there is no PlayStation blog drop. There's none. There is no drop this week. Everything is off. That can't possibly be true. I'm sure that there are games coming out. 42420 wrote into us and said the PlayStation blog did not post the drop for the week of July 9th. Do you think they dropped the ball on that one? That's good. And Adam Karskadden wrote in and said, hey, Colin, just wanted to let you know that Catan VR was excluded from the drop a couple of weeks ago and wasn't mentioned on the show. It's a great PSVR game that's perfect for multiplayer. If you're a giant nerd like me, huh. that wasn't on the list. A multiplayer PSVR game. So that's based on Catan, I assume. Yeah, no I would, I would be, assume yeah, so. Yeah. The Catan board game. The, there is a popular multiplayer PSVR game called Fire. Fire Hour or something like that, right? Fire something. Is that the FPS one? Yeah. That people, yeah, really, yeah. people really love that game. Yeah. Well, I know, I'm sure there are multiplayer. Like, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking for whatever reason that VR games are like multiple multi, multiplayer locally. For yeah. whatever reason, because that seems like the yeah, most you, fun environment to have it. But I guess uh, you couldn't do that right now. Because yeah, of the processing. It, yeah, it'd be difficult. That would be pretty cool, though. 
to be able to play some of those games. Yeah, uh, maybe one day. So yeah, no drop. We can make up games that came out, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is Sony's fault. Yeah, sorry, they everybody. Up. But that means we can move on to reader mail. Chris, as dictated, or I'm sorry, as dic- as dictated, as dictated. Someone reminded me last week that I actually said that six six questions, comments, concerns, and thoughts and ideas. But I think it's eight usually. It's yeah. Uh, so I was wrong there. I'm losing my fucking mind, I guess it is. So we have eight questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, and ideas from the audience. Remember, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Collins Last Stand. That's how you submit your inquiries. Mark Elfering wrote into us and said, do we give Felseal a pass on the ripoff moniker because it is a well-made game that knows what it is doing, whereas Ritual of the Night has had issues and so blatantly calls back to Shat Symphony of the Night and pulls the, hey, remember how cool this was 20 years ago thing. This is interesting, Chris. Felseal, for people that don't know, is uh, my favorite game of the year. We've talked about it pretty extensively. It's basically an ode to Final Fantasy Tactics. And then, obviously, Bloodstained is an ode to Symphony of the Night. And I think a really on-the-nose ode in some ways. What do you think about his inquiry here, Chris, where he says, Mark says, do we give it a pass because it knows what it's doing and it does it well? What's the line between, I guess, impersonation and making something new and unique? In other words... Not every Metroidvania is inspired by Super Metroid or Castlevania, but the the genre wouldn't exist without those games. Right. So I totally understand what he's saying, but I think that Felseal is is accepted because it is a very well done game in a genre that's just for some reason not serviced. I yeah. I, I think Bloodstained's a little different because it's made by the person who made or produced Castlevania. Yeah, I think those are two reasonable points. But I also I th- I also think a lot of whether or not something is okay as a, as a rip off, quote unquote a lot of it comes down to how saturated the market is for that kind of game. Like if you're going to rip off final fantasy, you know, that there's already 50,000 of those, you know, like, like, I mean like a proper mainline one, or if you're going to rip off, you know, a, a call of duty, it's like, why would you do that there? It's an annual release. Whereas like something like shadow of the Colossus, I would love a rip off of shadow of the Colossus because we have a grand total of one of those. I have not played a game s- since, or before that has that sense of scale that has that same kind of climb through like the whole game is boss battles and the bosses are levels and the they're the levels within the level it's sick it's awesome i want more of that rip it off i don't care as long as it's done well you know and i think that really is the main thing yeah i think the if it doesn't has to be suck well, yeah. yeah exactly i think that there are two important parts of the equation how well it's done and how rare that kind of game really is yeah and so yeah i can see people criticizing bloodstained for being too on the nose. That's one of my complaints about the game and my let's play that I put up on my YouTube channel. I talked about how I think it's, I think it just goes a little bit overboard with some of it. It really feels like a facsimile in some ways, but that is why it's fun to play. I guess the major problem with bloodstained is that there's just way too much shit in it. There's just way too many weapons. They're just way too, it's just like out of control how much shit there. It, it doesn't really serve the game. So that that's a bit of a confusion, confusing thing for me. I think fell is so special because Without, with the exception of Front Mission, Tactics Ogre, a few of these other series, there's nothing like it. So that's different. So I think actually Felseal, I would give much more of a pass to than Bloodstained. And I think Felseal is the better game. But those are my two favorite games of the year. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Chris, next question. Next one. Adam O. wrote in and said, Hello, the all-knowing two Caesars. 
I wanted to ask a simple question <laughs> about indie games seeming be, seemingly being dead to Sony. Do you think that with Sony leaving the handheld markets maybe added to this downgrade of the indie market? While well, Xbox and Nintendo seemingly bolstered both Game Pass and their stores with more indie games, do you think maybe Sony should try to add more of these games to PS Now? Adam, interesting thought. I wonder if the collapse of PSP and Vita had something to do with this. I don't know that that's necessarily true because Sony was really trying to get AAA games onto Vita. So their their initiative was not to make it an indie machine. It became one. But that wasn't what they intended. That's why I think I actually think the indie stuff hurt Vita. Yeah. So I don't know if they should they add indie stuff to PS Now? Of course, I think PS Now should be chock full of as much as they can possibly afford to put in there. But yeah. I wonder if Chris, I mean, to Adam's point, and, and, and this is well taken, Xbox and Nintendo have bolstered their offerings with uh, a wide array of games. If you want Game Pass, it's not just the AAA Xbox games are what sell it, but that's not all that's there. Yeah. And even AA games like Cuphead and stuff like that, I think, have a place. So what do you think? I mean, I don't know if you could really blame the, the the PS Vita or the PSP on on the way they're handling the store. I think they're handling the store poorly because they just don't know what to do with it. You know? Yeah. It just feels kind of... I, I don't know if... And, and also, there's already a, a metric fuck ton of indie games on the on the store anyway. Like, there's almost too many as as is. PS Now would be a pretty good avenue to go through, though. Because, like, I have no... As, a, as it stands right now, I have no desire to... to subscribe to ps now at all me neither not until they allow full game downloads for everything yeah not just the ps4 games if you could download ps3 games from ps now i'd be all over it and i really hope oh yeah i would have i would have been on it immediately yeah if if they can really figure that out i I would actually be pretty keen on that my assumption is is that that's what's going to happen with ps now and then i'll and then i'll jump on board ps now would actually be a pretty cool curation tool if sony tried to also use it like that to be like yeah our store sucks Use PS Now and we'll have like curation tools that they could, if they baked it in, I think that some people wouldn't like that, but it would be a selling point for me. Yeah, but then you'd be you'd be paying for a better store, basically, which kind of which kind of you're paying for the privilege to use a better place to with which to buy things. That's true. That's a good point, Chris. Sam Christensen wrote in and said, hello, Colin and Chris recently stopped being a freeloader and I'm loving it. Thank you so much for not being a freeloader, Sam. My question is, why isn't the skate franchise making a comeback? It seems the big one that people wait for time and time again and come E3. Also read the comments on every EA Instagram post for the past three years, and it's only people requesting (laughs) Skate 4. At this point, I'd be happy to have a remaster collection on PS4. Keep up the great work. Chris, are you a Skate fan? Uh, Not for the reasons that I think the developers may have intended. I love Skate because it's a janky mess and it just looks amazing. When, when you just mess up, it's such an amusing game to watch people play because just the, the way the ragdoll works and the way the physics engine is baked into it, it just like leads to some of the best unintentionally hilarious things I've ever seen in any video game period. But I, yeah, I, I, I miss that kind of jank. I wonder if they were to make a new skate game, would they kind of understand that that's kind of part of the DNA of it or whether or not they would like polish the shit out of it and kind of in turn kind of ruin some kind of special part of that entire series skate to me i i recall i never played it except for the first one a little bit i remember it being really complicated to play which it's, i think it's is, not easy i think it's on the sticks and stuff right like there's a yeah, lot it's really it's not like playing tony hawk or something <laughs> no, no, no 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 it's really complicated but <laughs> that's why the ragdoll is so great because like i think each button or like each movement of the stick like moves a, a joint or, or something like that not necessarily like quap but like it's kind of uh in that vein it's it's just so ridiculous. Some of my favorite videos from like early YouTube are, are just no context clips of of people playing skate. 
It's so good. I, I then they uh, I think at the Microsoft conference last year or the year before they did tease something that everybody thought was skate. Yeah, it, that it, looked like kind of a spiritual successor. Yeah, what was I couldn't remember called? what it was called though because they didn't yeah, talk right. about it. No, they didn't. It um, might already be out. I don't know. No, they, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, you probably would know, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, skate. So I think that the reason there's a few things about skate with with me. I think the thing you have to keep in mind with skate four. I think you will get skate four. I think it's probably in development. I think EA knows that. But I think that this might be a cautionary tale for EA, too. This reminds me a great deal of Mirror's Edge mm-hmm. and how people kept asking for a Mirror's Edge sequel and they wanted more Mirror's Edge and it was everything. And then they released Mirror's Edge and fucking no one cared. No one. I think that game probably bombed. I want to say Mirror's Edge probably sold maybe a few hundred thousand copies. You know, like that's horrible. Horrible. For the original a, one? No, the second one. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. one probably sold like a million or something. I don't think the first one sold that well. But Mirror's Edge Catalyst, whatever it was called, was not. It was well received, I think, but it didn't sell well. So EA is probably looking at that and being like, well, skate could be the same thing. And the other thing that I think is really cautionary is an Activision learned this with Tony Hawk is that you can't like fit these cultural revolutionary moments into the wrong time and the chronology. We saw this happen when Madcast and these other guys jumped in and tried to revive Rock Band and Guitar Hero. And those games bombed because they were not of this time and place. Rock Band and Guitar Hero were really unfathomably big 12 years ago. I remember I was there. You know, I remember how big it was. We used to stay after work and play and we go to parties and play. Everyone was playing. Right. Yeah. But no one cares anymore. No one wants these fucking instruments in their house. No one wants all this shit. And so when they went and re-released those games later on, thinking that, well, of course, people love Guitar Hero and Rock Band. No one cared. No one cared. And people ate shit. Because that Mad Cat's like, I think Mad Cat's like lost shit ton of money on that. So that could be another thing, too, where I don't know what the cultural relevance of skateboarding is today. I, I, I mean, I live in Santa Monica, so it's it's very relevant here. But you have to take all of these things into account, I think, when you're trying to make a new game and releasing it. And they're not interested in releasing Skate 4 and selling a million copies. So if, if that's if that's the threshold, then they're like, well, we can just make FIFA. Yeah, and yeah. we'll be good. Oftentimes, uh, people kind of don't know what they want. <laughs> exactly. They'll say, like, I want a rock band. Oh, I miss rock band. I want rock band. Then rock band come out and be like, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't yeah. want to buy this stupid drum set that's going to take up six six foot by three foot space in my fucking small apartment. Yeah, it's not going to work. Just a different time and place. So just some things to keep in mind, Sam. We appreciate your inquiry. Monday Busk wrote in. That's a, that's a interesting. Okay. Name. Monday Busk. Greetings, Colin and Chris. I hope you are well and have enjoyed your 4th of July. In episode 53, you discussed the big three of Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo rallying together with the concern of the trade tariffs affecting hardware manufacturing. If said tariffs passed and the cost of buying hardware went through the roof, wouldn't the winner here be Google Stadia? With only the optional Stadia controller to purchase, the barrier to entry for next-gen games would make Stadia a more financially sound option. Absolutely. Yes. Of course. But I think more people would just stick to their PCs, honestly. I, I, I don't think... They would they would definitely be in a advantageous position against the other console manufacturers, but I don't think people are going to jump to Stadia just because it's now the most exp- or the most affordable option, especially because if, if people have PCs, that's not the most affordable option. You just, oh, I have a PC. I'm just going to buy the newest games on my PC. Yeah, I think like it's yeah. Yeah. I, well, I already think that Sony and Microsoft are going to have somewhat of a hard time migrating people from the consoles right now because I think people are happy with them. Mm-hmm. So this would just add an extra layer to the complication. But I know that some people were a little nervous about my tariff discussion last week. You have to remember that these tariff threats are used just as threats. I really find it hard to believe that ultimately there's going to be tariffs on video game consoles in the United States. But 
It might be. And if that's the case, then yeah, the people who win actually are the people who are giving you like Chris said on PC or whatever the case might be giving you content on what you already own. So I actually think P- P- Sony and Microsoft would be disappointed in that, but they still have these consoles that people would be forced to play and buy content content on. So it's something that needs to be straightened out. Yeah, for sure. But Ooh. it is an interesting, interesting thought. And I got to say about Google Stadia, man, the buzz about Google Stadia seems to be under zero. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. below zero. I feel bad because I actually know people that work on it and know people on that team, including some friends of mine. It's cool, but it's, it's a cool. Here's the thing: like the tech is awesome. It's neat. It's just I just have a hard time believing it until I, I'll, I'm I'm gonna try it out. I will because it's only fair that I try it out. But like I just I don't know, man. I just don't know if I'll ever be in a situation where I'd want to just play a game on a stream as opposed to just having the damn thing installed. Yeah, just for reliability's sake. In a, in a world of options, giving me only one option is not going to work for me. Yeah, basically. Tim Bob wrote in. Tim Bob. Yep, Tim Bob. Tim Bobway. Tim Bobway, <laughs> like Zimbabwe, the country. Yeah. With Microsoft having announced that Xbox One controllers will go forward to the next gen, do you expect Sony to follow suit? And what is your personal preference, carryover or redesign? Oh, well, I, I like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So well, that's that, that's actually probably smart, given the that's elite. not a huge surprise, right? I I mean you're gonna be able to, you're gonna need I mean if you're gonna play games from the old generation then the yeah course yeah it's I mean it's not a surprise but it's also like it hasn't necessarily been done you know the Xbox to the 360 was a completely different controller the 360 to the Xbox One was a completely different controller uh, and they don't work back to back so all right yeah yeah I, the only truly cross gen like historically the only truly cross gen PS3 to PS4 right well was GameCube. Worked on oh, yeah. Wii and worked on Wii U. I don't I know if it works on... I think the, it works on Switch, The right? GameCube controller does work on Switch. So, I love... The GameCube controller is my favorite controller of all time. I love that controller. I thought that. I thought that recently. Until I tried to play literally anything that wasn't Smash Brothers on it. The and you realize that you're just missing buttons. Yeah. Like, it, you can't click the sticks in. So, like... <laughs> you can't, like, sneak in Sky... We were playing Skyrim <laughs> with the GameCube controller out of curiosity because it works on the Switch. And we realized we couldn't sneak because you, because can't, you can't click the sticks. Yeah. In. And there's like less buttons. There's like one less bumper button. So it's just, oh yeah, they have they have they have, like they have two per- triggers and one Z. Yeah, one Z. Yeah, I was right. So I hit the mic. One Z on the left side, but not yeah. on the right side. That's so right. it's impossible. And it has like a bump on it. Yeah, it's it's, weird. it's 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 kind of a terrible controller for anything that isn't like designed with that controller in mind. I don't know that I I guess you're right because I, I'm only talking about it from an ergonomic perspective where it fits so perfectly into my hands. I think it's just the size, like the specific controller and the specific size of my hands. You know, I I really like the original the the X the original Xbox one that wasn't the Duke the S or whatever. Yeah. That one was nice. That's the one I got with my console. Even though it had the white, black and white buttons, which I didn't really care for. Yeah, but. those buttons were so weird. Yeah. There was a lot of buttons on the Xbox controller. But yeah, Tim Bob, uh, not a huge surprise that the Xbox One controller is being brought forward. Remember, PS4 controllers work backwards. You can work, use a PS4 yeah, controller yeah. and a PS3. So with the backwards compatibility, that's not a huge surprise. But I do want to see, a new, and you will see, a new controller. I'm just curious to see. And by the way, Microsoft is not saying that the Xbox One controller is coming with the new Xbox. So I want to be clear. I don't think I'm that's sure what Tim Bob that, yeah. means, but I, I want to be sure I'm clear yeah, about that I, as well. I'm sure Scarlet's going to have its own controller, but it's, you're just going to have a choice now, which is good because they're putting out these freaking expensive ass elite controllers and it's going to suck if you can't use it on the next generation of hardware. Yeah. You know, unification bad investment. I agree. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the controllers, the new ones. Yeah. That's my favorite part. I feel like just seeing like what the controllers are the neatest part design wise, I think. Of the of the next whenever a next generation's on the horizon for sure, 
I love the PS4 controller. I love it. I, f- I totally love it. I think it's great. I think, I think this generation in general has probably the best overall controller layout. Definitely. Like the that Switch, is your surprise, right? The Switch one's better than the Wii was and the Wii U. Good lord. Good lord, man. Yeah, Christ. The Wii, yeah, the Wii U was weird because it had the, the face buttons above. No, no below, below the sticks. The sticks. Oh, it's so weird. That just, that whole motion didn't make any sense to me. I remember playing. Yeah, I've talked about it, playing Mass Effect 3 on it and being like, I can't do this. I, I, I don't know how to play like this. Like when you have muscle memory that built into you. That movement with your fingers and then suddenly on this one machine you have to go. I just can't believe that got through anyone. Yeah, no, I mean, I, <laughs> well, they walked it back immediately. They walked it back for the Switch. Wii U sucks. I, I think the Wii U is fucking terrible. I remember so clearly how many how excited people were about the Wii U and I'm like, that thing sucks. It, yeah, I think it's probably, it I can't think of a worse console in the last, since the 2000s began. <laughs> I, oh, it's definitely the worst console of the 21st century. Cody Horn wrote it and said, hi, guys, we know that Gorilla is currently working on two new games for the PS5. They are working on a Horizon sequel and an undisclosed multiplayer game. Could it be possible that this multiplayer game is not, in fact, another kill zone, but the multiplayer component to Kojima's Death Stranding? Kojima has been has been able to put out his new game quicker than expected while also using a brand new engine. I can see a collaboration between the teams being a possibility due to the speed at which the project is being completed and the revelation that Death Stranding has a multiplayer component while Gorilla also has an undisclosed multiplayer experience they are working on. I love Killzone games and want to see another one, but the connection between these two studios only makes sense. Thanks, you two. I think you're probably reading into this a little too much, Cody. I don't know any. I have no information on this for sure, but... So the reason that Gorilla and Kojima are working so closely is because the game is being built on Decima, which yeah, which, which Gorilla is... made. So they're the ones. It's like Dice. It's like Dice, the studio's role in EA's ecosystem as the arbiter of the of Frostbite console. Like they're the ones that know how it works. Gorilla is the one that knows how Decima works. So it's not a surprise that they're they're cross pollinating. I I really highly. And in fact, the game I I know they're not working on a Death Stranding multiplayer component based on the multiplayer rumor you're talking about. Now, there could be a third project, but mm-hmm. the multiplayer project is not Death Stranding. Yeah. No, uh, I don't, think so. I don't, know when I don't find think so either. I think that'd be that'd be a little weird. It's also not super common to have, you know, actual like first party studios working on secondary components to other first party studio games. Like, I, don't, I can't think of a that's not usually something that happens. Is no, it? usually you bring in third party. help. Yeah. Usually like it's like a certain affinity or like those kinds of mm-hmm. outlets. For sure. Now, obviously, you're, when you have Ben making an Uncharted game on Vita, Naughty Dog's obviously going to consult on that. But that's about as far yeah. as that goes. So, yeah, I, I, Cody, I like where your head's at because I like the conspiracy game quite a bit. You know, I, I do <laughs> like that quite a bit. But, yeah, I think a lot of their cooperation really focuses on Decima and using that engine. And so I, I wouldn't look too much further into it than that. I agree with you, though. This game was done way too quickly for a Kojima game, and I still do not believe it's coming out this year. Just throwing that out there. Don't believe it. Ryan Hooper wrote in and said, hey, CNC, just curious what your thoughts are on the current voice acting talent in games. Watching the Avengers E3 presentation, I noticed it was once again the usual suspects like Troy, Nolan and Laura playing Earth's mightiest heroes. Other than the occasional celebrity one off like Reeves in Cyberpunk or Redis in Death Stranding, for example, it seems like it's a lot of the same voice actors being used over and over again in different franchises. I mean, Troy has already played Batman and the Joker. I get that Harrison Ford was Han Solo until he was Indiana Jones, but I would imagine games like Last of Us, Spider-Man, etc. would have sold just as well with other actors in the role. Would you like to see bigger AAA releases cast a wider net when it comes to voice actors, or do these guys keep getting jobs because they are are the best actors out there? Keep making Tuesdays great again. Yeah, it, there is like a very, very limited pool for whatever it's reason. Very like, incestuous. I I know it, it's got it's gotten to the point where like I can 
I know what Nolan North sounds like in anything, and it's just, that's Nolan North. Like immediately, it's it's incredibly recognizable, and it kind of takes me out of it sometimes. It is weird because I know so many people who voice act, and it's just like, why do these? I don't know. Like I, I don't have any problem with these people. I like them all, but like. <laughs> Surely there's more people to choose from. No, I, I agree. It, even Nolan, I, I remember one of the big things with The Last of Us was people were, I mean, and by the way, the game came out uh, six years ago, so uh, I'm going to spoil it, was when the a big reveal in that was that Nolan North played like one of the villains, like one of the, that you encounter in the game. And I'm like, why is Nolan North in this game? You know, like, why do we have to have Nolan North in this game? Now, I, I know Troy Baker pretty well. And I've met Nolan and uh, Laura, you know, many times. These are salt of the earth people. They're very good, nice people. But I am in in general agreement that I don't know that these performances are so transformative for the medium that you only focus on these same people. It's very weird to see Willingham and Bailey and Baker and and North in everything. I absolutely agree. And it's no it's not, you know, make your money. If I were them, I'd be all over it. But yeah. To me, I, I just I agree with you. I think that there has to be more to it. But I think the Chris, the, the reason why they're so attractive, I think it's because they're safe, they're safe. But also, I think it's because they're experienced in this specific thing, because it's not just voice acting, it's mocap. And That's so true, yeah. understanding motion capture, I think, gives you a, a heads up. And I think it was probably like with Detroit. When there was like real actors in that, including one of the guys that's like on Grey's Anatomy, like one of the main actors is, is one of the guys in this. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Williams or something. Jason Williams or something. Yeah, whatever. And I imagine that that was a pretty unique experience for him compared to Nolan North walking in doing his 25th uh, motion capture session. Yeah, for you sure. I, I think we're going to start to see a shift. I, I think because and I was talking about this with my roommate the other day where like. A lot of these big budget movies, like like your Spider Mans and your Avengers and your Star Wars, they're probably so CG and effects heavy oriented that like I feel like a lot of actors are looking at video games as like yeah that's basically like working on a movie now anyway. I feel like you're gonna see a lot more like actual actors kind of coming into video games now, especially with like Keanu Reeves just recently and and th- th- even a couple of years ago like Terry Crews and Crackdown for no reason like I, it's it's gonna start happening as the lines between mocap for a game and like CG for a movie, like start to those lines start to blur. I think you're probably right. I would just love to see more anonymous talent in games, not, oh, yeah. not, not drawing from the pool of SAG after actors, but oh, for sure that's fine. But also there's just a lot of people that do it. Like some, there's some great voice acting and great writing and great performances in these smaller games. And so, yeah, it is a shame to see a monopolization at the top, but I don't know that that's necessarily the actor's fault. There needs to be more creativity and imagination yeah. with the people who are casting these people. For sure. You it's, know, it's not the actor's fault. Don't <laughs> don't scream at Nolan North. And I don't know. I mean, no offense to Nolan North. Again, a great guy, uh, iconic as Nathan Drake and other characters, but he'll always be Nathan Drake to me. But I, again, I, I agree. I don't know that the Avengers sells one more copy because he's in the, in the game. I don't I don't I don't believe it. You know, yeah. I just don't know that that's true. Just like I don't know that Troy Baker being in Final Fantasy 13 helped that game at all. Yeah. You know, I, I just. You know what bothered the yeah, hell out of me when I, when, I, when I was playing Destiny, right? And Destiny originally launched with like a really weird cast. It had like Bill Nighy and, and uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Dinklage, who was terrible. Terrible. I liked him a lot. Did you really? I, thought, I did. Didn't they I remove thought- him? They removed him, but like it's so I, bad. No, I don't, I don't know, man. I think I think people just didn't get the tone, man. I, I love I loved Dinklage in that. It I, sounded I, so off. That's the first version. That's the version I played. I like that Dinklage one, version. but like um, that wizard came from the moon. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But and they have like Nathan Fillion in there, and like a lot of the people from the original Firefly, Alan Tudyk. I'm pretty sure is in it. But like 
as they updated and they started removing actors, Nolan North now plays Nathan Fillion's role and the, the ghost in Destiny. So he plays two characters in the same game, and I it's just Nolan North all the time. And it's so frustrating because it's I, I don't hate him. But it just gets a little, you know, it gets a little much sometimes. Yeah, I think that when you maybe, you know, let me back up because I think maybe Nolan North's motivation could be not only money, obviously, but to remove the typecast that he would otherwise have experienced by not hitting the ground and trying to do as much as he could. Yeah, because he really is Nathan Drake. Like I mean, that really is that character. So to break out of that as quickly as possible might have been a smart career move for him because I don't know that maybe a lot of younger gamers or more casual gamers do associate him with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I But I agree with you. I, I only know I can name like six people in games that are like voice actors and they're all the big names and they're in everything. So, yeah, I think it's boring, but it's no offense to them personally. Again, I really think this goes down to the publishers and developers expanding, using their minds a little bit and uh, being a little more risky. Let's say yeah. I miss I miss the weirder ones. I miss David Hayter. <laughs> David, David Hayter is Zangatsu in, uh, in Bloodstained. I love it. And he's just, he's just snake. Oh, yeah. It's total, <laughs> I love it. It's totally snake. It's very, yeah, very funny. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Chris, the final inquiry comes from Murray M., who wrote and said, hi, boys, the question is more for Colin, but we can definitely both answer this. With all the talk about censorship in the PlayStation ecosystem, are there any games you have played which which have been better because of censorship? Thank you for all the work that you put in. Because of it? Yeah, it's a very interesting question, actually, because I don't know that any game has become better, but I will say that I like when things are left more to the imagination. And so I don't know if that's an example of censorship or self-censorship, but... I don't need to, I don't like sex scenes. I've talked about this. I don't like sex scenes in movies. I think they're awkward. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they add anything. I don't like I was just watching Rosemary's Baby recently for Knockback, which is an amazing horror movie from the 60s. If anyone's ever yeah. ever seen, I fucking love that movie. Mia Farrow's in it. And uh, really, really uh, Ruth Gordon plays her neighbor. She won an Academy Award for the performance. And the interesting thing about that movie is that it's totally demonic and scary. But there's only one example of any blood in inner gore. And it's very it's very startling because you see it and then you don't. And then it goes right back into the movie and it never you never really see it or it's not really referenced again. And that's what made that so powerful. So when you see a bunch of gore and violence, I don't want to see that because then it becomes less important to the story. The same thing with sex where, okay, they're they're getting they're hooking up, they're they're getting together, but I don't need to see it in order to understand it. Yeah. Right. So 
I don't know if that's an example of what he's talking about, but I think that sometimes by not showing things, you strengthen the product by leaving something to the imagination. And so I think uh, games that show restraint are inherently better than games that don't. Maybe. My counterpoint is uh, you can eat an old man in prototype and wear his skin and become him. That's true. And that's the only reason I love that game. That's a valid uh, counter argument. (laughs) I can't think of, I don't know, like I I struggle to think of games that I've played that have been censored, really, at all. So that's kind of the thing. Unless I was somehow had like insight into the the development of it, I I would never know. Like maybe, maybe there's a game that I've I've played and that I love that had some scene taken out of it, but I'm not privy to what that is. So I couldn't necessarily, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the examples we, you're right, because the examples we do know about this that have happened recently, like with Devil May Cry yeah, yeah. and others are, didn't enhance the game or ruin it. So it just happened. I don't think that if anyone played that, those scenes showing that girl, whatever, she was naked or whatever in Devil May Cry, if you played only the PS4 version and you didn't have any insight into it, you probably wouldn't have known any better. Th- that one's a little because she just has a light coming out of her ass and it's like a little bit weird. Yeah. Like a lens flare coming <laughs> out of like her It's like far more distracting than... If it was just, you know, how it was initially, but, but yeah, I, I, I struggle to really think of anything that was better or worse because of uh, a censorship. I'm glad that I'm glad they rolled back on the DMC five thing though. That game's great. Ah, well, we're going to talk about that on episode 55 because we're going to record that right after this. We're going to wrap this episode up now. Yeah. Episode 55 is going to be our games of the year so far. And lots of input from you guys, too, that I've organized as well. But yeah, no, I think you're right, Chris. I think that it's hard to know what's better or worse without having specifics about what was removed or not. And we've only have had have had a few examples of that. Yeah. And, and, it's, usually, that and I, it's usually of games that like I, I've never touched or never would touch anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dead or Alive, Beach Volleyball and stuff like that. Yeah. The tit doesn't jiggle as much in point oh one version. <laughs> I know where her titty jiggles. Chris, by the way, before we go, speaking of titty jiggles, uh, what do you think about this gamer girl bathwater? Oh my god! So <laughs> I saw this great this great uh, fake headline that was like <laughs> fifty people. Uh, what is it? Contract herpes after drinking Instagram star Belle Delphine's bathwater. <laughs> it was like obviously fake because it was from some uh, some what was it? What was it trying to be like? Oh, it was, it was like the Daily it was Mail. The, yeah, the Daily Mail. It was some satire. The Daily Mail it was so good though. I cracked the fuck up. I was like laughing for thirty straight minutes. But yeah. it's it's uh, hey man, supply and demand. It's uh, it's, it's, agree. it's business. It's uh, she's definitely way smarter than people are giving her credit for. Oh, she's hell yeah. selling bath. She's selling bath water, which, by the way, is definitely not bath water. She's just running jars through a sink because it's far less effort to just do that than it is to take a jar and like dump it in the, a, a full bathtub after you've bathed in it. She's making uh, money for minimal effort, which is awesome. It's weird because I wonder, you know, so many it's sold out, apparently. How many people bought it, ironically? I'm sure the overwhelming majority of people bought it as a joke. Just so they could give it to like someone who's like, hey, I got you this. It's, it's, like a, it's a great gag gift. It really, is. it is. It is. See, that, that girl's interesting to me because she's definitely super hot. Yes. But I don't really understand. Like, it seems like people are turning on her because of this one thing where I'm like, this is too far. First of all, these e-girls are everywhere, all doing the same thing. So why is, I mean, maybe not selling bathwater, but they're selling like their underwear and shit. What yeah. is like, what is any different about that? I think it's like probably a little weirder. She's really good at marketing. She she trolled pretty much everybody. She was like, get my Instagram to like a million followers and I'll, I'll make a Pornhub account. And she did. And it was just like all these raunchy titles, but then the videos were just like 
you know, basic. <laughs> like, dude, I love those videos. Like, really those big, smart. I love those titles where it's like, man rides taxi to work or whatever without any incident or something like yeah. that. And it's on Pornhub. It's so funny to me. Yeah, <laughs> she's hey man, she's smart. Props her. Man goes to on interview without without issue. You know, it's, it's super. <laughs> it's so, it's like so funny to me. Yeah, no, she's super smart. The one of the responses that were funny was that she showed this picture of her ass with the bathwater, and she had, I guess, she didn't realize it was like a hair. Uh, like one of her blonde hairs like on her ass yeah and someone was like i would pay good money to floss with that my with that <laughs> hair on your asshole or Jesus something like that Christ. i'm like what is happening what is going on but i agree with you i think that this is a market generated thing if you don't want this particular girl to get this attention to make all this money then just don't give it to her i guess yeah basically give it to us you yeah wanna, i'll send you bathwater i won't but like i'll i'll, I'll support colin it was it's too bad because well i mean it's obvious there are so many people that did the the spoof of them being in the bath and selling their bathwater that now that's just like running to the ground because that was a pretty that would have been a pretty funny thing if I was a little quicker. There's probably a good t- uh, twist you could think of. The only question is whether or not it's even worth thinking. Of. But here's the thing I want to know the most, and this is when it's going to get. I'll old. sell my tears. Sell your tears. Yeah, <laughs> I can fill you jars of those. My my big question, the conundrum I have is this: the people that bought it earnestly, what do they do? They drink it? Do they masturbate with it? Do they? I don't know. Keep it? I think again. I think most of these are joke purchases, just to be like, I got you this jar that says Gamer Girl Bathwater. As like a, as like a, I'm sure there's like maybe like a percentage of people who are like weird about it, but I, I can't even imagine what satisfaction you could possibly get from that. There it's literally s- just water. Yeah. At, 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 at a certain scum. point, at a certain point, like, what do you do? You just like scoop rainwater out of a drain? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't imagine it satisfying anybody. No, I can't imagine it either. There are just so many of these girls out there. I mean, do your, do your thing. I don't care. But I, I'm always surprised. Like, there are just so many of these girls out there. Yeah. So many. It makes you wonder what's... What is happening? Like, in- th- this is a new phenomenon. I've been on the internet a long time. Like, the, the, e- the e-girl thing in games is a new thing. This is, this is a thing that came only the last few years. Like Twitch really, I think, was the one that really did this. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, you know, to each his own, if you want to support these people, that's fine. I mean, people support us. We, we, Some people think we suck. That's perfectly fine. But I'm always confused by like, how does this particular competitive ecosystem work? It's like an arms race, you know, because. Yeah. How do you compete, really, if it's all kind of, I guess you just kind of have to market to like the people who would assume that, you know, how people have types, right? There's always going to be somebody who, who you're always going to be somebody's type. You know what I mean? So always someone. So I guess everybody out there is just kind of getting the attention from that group of people. A micro community. Yeah, a micro community that's uh, obsessed enough to keep them afloat. I would assume that's how it works. Super interesting. Because there's yeah. so many of them and they're all making money. Yeah. So, which is interesting. I don't know. It's, I hope it's, they're all making money. Are they all making money? I'm, sh- I'm sure they're all making money. Yeah. I'm positive. Well, good for them. Yeah, I just can't imagine if I'm I not- had D cups, man, I'd be I'd be doing this shit too. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? It's like, oh, I can get paid by existing and not being obese. <laughs> and know, even so, it. there's probably some people that even want so, to be yeah, obese. Exactly. Yeah. Rubbing chicken breasts all over your body and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, hell, it's just I mean, hey, man, you're not hurting anybody. Yeah, more power so, to you. Whatever. I just I wonder, like, I would love to have one of these girls on the show just to hear about the experiences that they must have with people, you know, if yeah. you're as famous as this chick is, or like, uh, what's that? Jessica Negri. She's probably the biggest, uh, yeah. Biggest cosplayer 
or one of them, she must get recognized. There must be all sorts of weird shit. And the other thing is, is like if they're in a relationship and you're the man and you know that there are potentially thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people just beating it to your like woman, you know? Yeah. It's a very complicated dance, you know, sociologically that I would be really interested in talking about. It is kind of interesting. Do you think it'd be like, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like one of those things like I have it? I, I guess and everybody else. Wants I, I it. think that if I knew it's like having a nice house and everybody wants that house, it's like, damn, I want that house. And it's like, ha, deal with it. I have it. It's that's, mine. That's true. You know, I, I mean, you know, Erin is gorgeous. I have a, a gorgeous girlfriend and I know people are attracted to her, but she's not putting herself out there like that. So it's a little different. Right. I think that if I think you have to kind of have some sort of cognitive dissonance in some way to be like, I'm OK with this. Just because it's, you know, I guess unless you're in an open relationship, or whatever, it's very, co- this is exactly why I'd love to have conversations. Yeah, with no, it's interesting. Just to, just to pierce the veil a little bit, figure yeah. it out. Belle, what is her name? Belle Delphine? Belle, Belle Delphine? It's Belle Delphine, I think. Belle Delphine. Okay. If, if you're listening, you're not. But if you're listening, <laughs> come on, come on uh, Fireside Chats. Let me know what's going on. Be really interested to, uh, to talk to you and uh, buy some of your bathwater, perhaps. Yeah. We can bring it to a, in a lab. I just watched Jurassic Park. We can bring it to a lab and try to create you. Clone. Clone you in a lab. Or brew some beer with it. Yeah, brew some beer. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to see what people are I'm doing I'm sure that's probably like next on the on the thing. That'd be, that'd be smart. Yeah, like make something <laughs> I think that's probably actually it. happened already. Something that needs water, like make, you know, like a cake or some 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 recipe with Bell's water in it. Yeah, you could save all the California pizza places with Bell Dauphine's bath water. Because <laughs> they all say it's the water. It's the it is it's the water yeah where does she live does she live in New- maybe that's maybe that's the thing <laughs> they just try to get New York water yeah <laughs> I don't know I don't know where she lives I have no idea where she's based how old is she do we know that do we know anything I, I about assume, her I mean I assume hold on let me look this up all right I I, assume I mean I'm, I'm sure fine. she's of age I'm just saying like is she like I uh, just I've never seen her until recently no yeah I I haven't seen I didn't see her until I think last week or like two weeks ago when this the whole thing started kicking off yeah. I was watching Stranger Things uh, the other day, right? And you know, um, have you watched Stranger Things at all? I'm on the second season. So Do you know I... um, Nancy or whatever the whatever that the sister? Thing? Yeah, yeah. She's it's so stunningly beautiful. It's she's distracting. yeah, she's really crazy. Hot. It's like it's distracting. Yeah, she's also like what in her late twenties or something. So that's also and she's supposed to be like a high school student. So that's well, also she's, she's twenty three, I think. Oh, okay. So that's so not it's, that. Bad. It's not so bad, but it's like distracting. Uh, I can't find her age. All right. Well, it doesn't matter. So whatever. Yeah, I'm just I'm curious. This is like she like 27. Has she been doing Has she grinded and finally found fame? She's not necessarily any hotter than a lot of other girls. Yeah, so, so that's like, what a, I'm so it's like a ninja thing, right? Where it's like ninja's been at this for like ages, you know, right? And then just exploded with Fortnite. Or is this just kind of like an overnight? Yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be an interesting conversation to have for sure. Definitely. I would love to have that conversation. Yeah, because that whole angle is totally that vertical is totally new to games and it's funny because it really does seem to take advantage of this thing that people used to make fun of which like back in the 90s and early 2000s ign had like ign babes and stuff like that really yeah and like would pick post pictures of like chicks in bikinis and there was like this whole thing and then like that was like college humor too would do that exactly and people got offended by that but now we've kind of gone full circle now we're back to it again like these these people, no one's watching these girls on Twitch because of their games that, that they play. You know, that's the interesting thing about it. Yeah. I really doubt that that's happening for very many people. So how do you know, like, why not just sit there with your boobs hanging out? Because, well, it's against terms I'm of I'm not saying your nipples, but I'm saying, like, if no one's really watching you or a few people are. I guess what I'm saying is, like, how? Let me back up. <laughs> people listen to the show. Right. I know people listen to the show because they like the show. They yeah. like us. They like the humor. They like the informative nature of it. All of that kind of stuff. 
I don't think people are watching it for any other or listening to this for any other reason. But if you're doing this shit, then you, how do you know who's earnestly watching you for gameplay and asking you questions and who's the fucking freak or the weirdo and who's just yeah. staring at you? Though I feel like it's because of the agency of the woman. I have no problem doing it. No one's forcing them to do it so they can do whatever they want. But and I'm, I'm all for like legalizing prostitution and shit. So like I'm way further left than that. But. I guess I wonder, like, and this is another question I ask is like, how do you do that calculus in your head? Like, how do you feel about the fact that most people are paying attention to you just because of the way you look like you yeah. can literally speak fucking Russian and read War and Peace and no one's going to care. Right? right. That's the thing I want to know about, because that to me seems that would be hard for me to grapple with. Yeah, know? I think it'd be pretty difficult for anybody. I think. Uh, but I, but I don't know. She's selling back. That's the thing. It's like. I don't know if she's really looking at this in a vein that's particularly seriously or at least not in uh, maybe serious in a business sense, but not serious. I don't think Belle Delphine is on online thinking that like, oh, I want people to pay attention. I wish people would pay attention to my intellect or anything. You know what I mean? Right. She's very clearly intelligent if she's if she's capable of pulling this off so quickly and so successfully. Yeah, that's true. So I think she knows what to cater to and what the audience is and what and how things spread on the internet and she's used that to her advantage to make a lot of money i'm calling this episode e-girls arms race (laughs) where's my pen erin clean my desk i can't find any of my shit shit. stop cleaning because now i can't find anything we need our filth all right well that was an interesting conversation i I would love to have more more of that you know here's the thing that i want here's the person i want to speak to the most because i think you're right bell is leaning into it she knows what she is right it's like, a, it's like a model in Playboy. Like, you know who you are or yeah. not who you are, but what you're doing. I want to know if you're an attractive girl streaming on Twitch, but you're doing it because you love the games. You love the content. That's the gray area where how do you know who's watching you to watch you and who's watching you to stare at you? Yeah. And does that matter to them? Because that would matter to me. I'm sure it matters to them. Right? So that's I think. See, if I were them, if I were the girl trying to just stream not being these so-called titty streamers. Some people like the pejoratively yeah, said. Yeah. If I was just a girl gamer streaming, I think I'd be pretty upset about the people on my flank that were making it look like I either only wanted to do that. I can't get attention if I do that. No one wants to pay attention to me because of that, et cetera, and so on. It's very complicated. Yeah. Sexual. Uh, and I don't mean sexual like sex. I mean, I mean, sex like gender. I guess those are two different things now. That game. Very interesting. But yeah. No, I, I'm. This is a good example of Sacred Symbols Plus. Actually, yeah, that's good. It's a good thing we didn't have a drop (laughs) because we have an excuse to talk about this shit. This is exactly that. That was unintentional, but that this is sacred symbols plus. Yeah. Look at that. Chris. Look at that. huh? All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. We have to record the next episode, which will go live next week. Of course. Thank you for your support, your kindness, your love, your generosity. Remember, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Collins last stand for early ad free access to every episode of the show. Vote on the Let's Plays we do. We're going to do Crash Team Racing this month. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, yeah, just your general support is necessary and needed. So please do keep that in mind. Tell your friends and family about us. If you're freeloaders, leave us nice reviews on iTunes, etc. We appreciate you so much. And we'll see you next time for more Sacred Symbols. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast, is a product of and a registered trademark of Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded right here in sunny Santa Monica, California, USA. This show is conceived by, is written by, and is produced by me, Colin Moriarty. My co-host is Chris Raygun. You can find me on Twitter at NoTaxation and on Instagram at CLS Moriarty. Chris is on Twitter at Chris R. Gunn and on Instagram at Chris underscore Ray underscore Gunn. Sacred Symbols is edited by Dustin Furman. 
Any snail mail can be sent to the CLS P.O. Box, P.O. Box 1233, Santa Monica, California, 90406. To message the show online, please use Patreon's DM service. As you know, all of Colin's Last Stand shows, including Sacred Symbols, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash Stand. The following names are at the producer level or higher on Patreon, and we are eternally grateful for your kindness, generosity, and fandom. Carlos Algaret, Morgan Ashley, Taylor Barkley, Sean Battershaw, Martin Beck, Eric Bishop, Mark Boggio, Eli Bosford, Barrett Boswell, Spencer Brand, Miguel Brewer, Lennon Brixie, Jimmy Brown, Jason Budnick, Josh Bushing, Austin Bullock, Andrew Burkhart, Dylan Burns, Chris Buston, Alex Cabrera, Tom Cargill, Patrick Harper, William O'Carroll, Brian Chan, Sean Chandler, David Chestnut, Simon Conception Jr., Brad Cooley, Geo Corsi, Nick Cummings, Daniel D'Amour, Colin Davenport, Mitchell Durkash, Zachary Douglas, Knight Draft, David Ellis, Martha Emery, Liam Fagan, Joe Finelli, Eric Finkenbein, Fodios Frangos, Michael Gallier, Chris Galvin, Connor Gashian, Alex Gates, Michael Gates, Salem Ghanem Al Ghanem, Daniel Glassford, Tyler Goodwin, Josh Gravelick, Miranda Grubba, Tyler Harris, Kyle Hagel, Wyatt Henry, Asa Haas, Azan Isa Al Ricey, Josh Yeager, John Jameson, Jimmy Jolicure, Joshua Jonathan, Greg Julius, Anton Kay, Jeremy Key, Anti Kinnanen, James Kinsler III, Ryan R. Kittredge, Jackson Lastiqua, Joe Lawson, Don Q. Lee, Patrick Leslie, Dustin Lewis, Keith A. Lewis, Chad Lewis, Lou and Ray Loper, Colin Love, Josh M., Ryan T. Mandel, Peter Mark, Michael Martinez, Sean Mason, Zachariah McAdoo, John McCarthy, Josh McKinney, Joe McPartland, Andrew Mendoza, Christopher Midling, Alex Moans, Chris Moore, Betty Ann Moriarty, Ryan Murdoch, Adam Nix, Donnie Nolan, George A. Nunez, Grayson Orr, Brian Ott, Jorge Palomino, Daniel Parsons, Marius S. Peterson, Gerald Pennington, Enrique Perez, James Perone, Jason Pettit, Jeff Pollard, Louis Powell, Lawrence F. Prokop, Andrew Ramos, Ryan Reeves, Michael Renner, Peter Reynolds, Shane Rayum, Jonathan Rice, Mark Richardson, Toby D. Riemenschneider, Austin Riley, Petro Rose, A.G. Rowe, Josh Salinas, Jose Salinas, John Scholes, Michael Shanholtz, Toby Schutman, Glendon Cole Simper, Joshua Smallwood, Daniel Strycharsk, Ahmad Tamar, Will Vlander, Ben Thompson, Carl Tolman, Alan Tremblay, Jacob Turnbaugh, Raymond Vargas, Michael Vecchio, Oakley Waldron, Justin Wagaman, Connor Walton, Isaac Wasman, Damon Weathers, Mike Wayant, Corey Wyatt, Tony Zaniga, Hugo's Desk, Organic Produce, Casual Misfits Gaming, Supershot ST, Homeworld Hub, Throw7, Nick C, Infinite, Mad Mock Media, Fabian, Mubarak, Richter86, Andrew, Ian, Chris, Dav9834, Donk2015, and Gavin. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.